This is Come On Kinds with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Good evening everybody and welcome once again into the KCLR studios here in Kilkenny for Come On Kind. We are on episode 7 of season 3. We are in the middle of the club championships. When I say the middle, we're almost at the end at this stage. You're being joined by Martin Quilty and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host of the Come On Kind podcast, Anya Fahey. Good evening, Anya. Good evening, Martin. How are you? I am very well this evening, thank you. We had a busy weekend last mm-hmm. weekend, mostly because it was underage fixtures. Seven county finals in total was played between Saturday and Sunday. And of course, the pinnacle of that was the Junior C County Final, the Kilkenny Rivercourt Hotel Junior C County Final between last year's runners-up St. Bridget's against Young Ireland's. Uh, so we are going to preview that game and we are or review that game I should say and we are going to preview this weekend's semi-finals. What a weekend of camogie it's going to be. We're down to the nitty gritty at this stage. Who is going to be crowned the county champions? Well, you have only a couple of more weeks to find out because the 15th of October is county final day in Kilkenny and everybody is looking to see can they get to that and what a day that is going to be. But we're going to start off with the weekend's fixtures and it was the Gale Tech under 14 county finals that was taking place last Saturday out in Park Seamus Stephon. They are on the Kells Road. It is James Stevens uh, grounds out there and it was a hive of activity for county finals in total and under nine hurling blitz going on as well and sure where else would you see it on a Saturday morning first up was the meeting of Mullinavat versus Barrow Rangers in the Ryan E County final and this went down to the wire looked like it was going to go to extra time but the team from down south in Mullinavat came away with a famous victory by 2-5 to 1-6 to claim the final in that one and well done to everyone involved in Mullinavat. Then we moved on to the Ryan D County final where Bennett's Bridge and Ballyhale Shamrocks met one another and again this was level on 30 minutes it looked like it was going to go to extra time as well we heard a huge roar obviously someone was after scoring a goal which team did it go to? well it went to the team from Shamrocks in Ballyhale on a final score of 4-4 to 3-4 disappointment for the Bennett's Bridge girls it's their first final at that age group in 30 odd years and they almost got to it they played brilliantly we were able to get to watch some of it the colour was brilliant between the green and yellow hoops of Bennett's Bridge and the green and white of of course that famous club in Ballyhale but like the Hurlers in Ballyhale, you never have a team down there beaten until the final whistle goes. And when Kira Murphy's final whistle did go, it was Ballyhale that was after winning. In the Ryan C final then, it was a little bit more one-sided compared to the other ones. It had the meeting of Danes Ford and the Roar in Estee. And the victory went to the stripey women of Danes Ford, the black and amber stripes there. So well done to everybody there. 4-11 to Danes Ford, to the Roar in Estee. 1-6 was the final score there so Danes Ford have crowned C County Final Champions 
And then the pinnacle on the day was the Ryan B County Final, which saw Carrick Shock and St. Bridget's meet. St. Bridget's had a busy weekend with County Finals. They were playing in the Ryan B County Final and it was a good day for them on Saturday because they came away with a seven point victory by 2-11 to Carrick Shock's 2-4 to claim the Ryan B title in that one. And then, of course, we had two under-12 finals as well with Aaron Zone of Castle Comer. This is a great story, Anya. They had so many players at under-12 level. They decided they were going to split the two teams and give all the players opportunities to have game time. The two of them got to their respective uh, group county finals. The Whites was playing Young Ireland's of Goran and the blue team was playing Liz Downey. And because it's under 12, they don't give the full scores in it. So whoever wins gets a goal and whoever loses is no score, um, etc. But it was victory for the two Aaron's own clubs, the White and the Blues. It was lovely to see the photograph with the Gale Tech sign in Clara at the weekend. And it was brilliant. So well done to all involved in Aaron's own there. It was fabulous. So... Yeah, good victory for the Aaron's own team. And it's great to see clubs doing that to give players the opportunity to play, especially when you have big numbers. Yeah, it's excellent. It's it's really good. And it's a really good initiative as well by the club. And, you know, it just goes to show that they're, you know, trying to, you know, develop as a relatively new club as well. And they're trying their hardest to keep as many players, you know, in competitive games as they can too. And I suppose that, you know, under 12 level, it's very, very important that, you know, that all the players are getting, that they are getting game time as well. So really, really good to see um, Aaron's own using their uh, using their initiative to put two teams in and you know a great result for two teams coming out with a victory in that um, so and it's yeah, nice to build future players yeah, as well so exactly because yeah. we do see that they are joined with uh, Nave Breach there at under 14 level so like you know hopefully like this is a kind of start of a progression it's for Aaron's own that they can actually yeah. maybe go out on their own eventually and you know it's great to see that they are able to put in two teams and you know fair play to the guys and everybody involved in Aaron's own it's some brilliant work they're doing exactly and then we move on to Sunday where we had a couple of Shield finals. The first one being the meetings of neighbours down there is Skjok Vostein between Blacks and Whites and Greg Namana. This was the Ryan E. Shield County final and it was victory for the Greg Namana women by five goals and two points to two goals and three points. So a good victory again for Greg Namana. We've seen them put in so much work and mm-hmm. maybe not getting the rewards that they should be getting, especially at adult level. Um, and it's great to see clubs and the Blacks and Whites participating as well in finals um, because they're putting in great work down there as well. And then we had another meeting of neighbours. This time it was the City Clubs that met in the Ryan B Shield final, the meeting of O'Loughlin's and James Stevens, And it was the team over across the road from us here in Johns Park. O'Loughlin Gales 4-7. They came away with the victory to James Stevens 3-7. Another tight affair that was there as well. So lots of underage activity. There's still lots happening at the minute between mm-hmm. under 12s. There's still Shield semi-finals. There's still Shield or games going ahead. Who's going to get to other finals? There's still under 16. There's still minor. There's still uh, a couple of under 14 games outstanding as well. We see uh, Ryan C that's still going on. The Ryan A is still going on. So yeah, a lot still to be played for in them and they will get played in the next couple of weeks. But on Sunday, 
We were in Palmerstown for the meeting of St. Bridget's and Young Ireland's in the Kilkenny Rivercourt Hotel Junior C League Championship. As we said, St. Bridget's were there last year against St. Martin's and they were unlucky not to come away with the victory. St. Martin's was on course for that one. But they were up against Young Irons of Gordon yesterday and they came back. They were fighting fit. They were really sharp. They were hungry on you. It was close enough at the break. It was 2-6 to 1-2. And you were watching the first half for us. So... Give us a rundown on the first half. Yeah, listen, I think, you know, you know, for the day that was in it, and it's obviously great for two clubs to, to be getting to a county final, no matter what the grade it is at all. And, you know, I suppose both clubs can be very proud of themselves that they are able to field another team in the championship and especially yep. at a level and to be competing right to the very end. Um, I suppose for St. Bridget's, when you kind of look through their team, my God, have they got a wealth of experience in mm. there. Like you're looking at Kay Royal, you know, she's after doing a stint. She's only back from, she's only back from Perth, you know, in the last year or so and you know hopefully speedy recovery to Kay as well she she got a um, nasty little injury there on a Sunday too like you're going down to the team there you've got Brona Nari who has just been a stalwart for St. Bridget's Ballycallan for I don't know how many years now and fair play to her I've lost count and I'm not even going to try and guess even and you know you've got Trace Muldowney in there and we've all known Trace Trace Grace the black and amber there senior level too and Lorena Murphy there as well another stalwart for um, another stalwart for St. Bridget's and when you kind of look at their six forwards there you can see that you have like three really really experienced players and the younger girls really fed off them mm-hmm. extremely well but like it was the encouragement I felt that they were getting from them that was really good to see and it's a real balance that the St. Bridget's team have like and I must say like for me the standout performer I think for the whole day was definitely Lauren Rowan and she was just an absolute dynamite in their corner forward she's just so pacey well able to take her scores excellent on the freeze as well when he look to Young young Ireland's you have to say Amy Lennon gave you know a great I know okay I know there was a couple of goals um, conceded but Only my God, could have been worse there now. was some serious saves she was pulling off like really really good to see Ruth Lachlan you know she is another stalwart for Young Ireland's there um, you know excellent game Emer Nadi who will be very much a massive influence in them on their senior squad as well her sister Aoife there as well I think Marie O'Keefe going off just before half time I think did have a little bearing on Young Ireland's as well um, and you know because she was doing a lot of work there in the middle of the field Nessa Farr like you know come on Nessa's been going on this Goring team for so many years now and you know she just literally throws herself into everything gets really really stuck in there and you know she's just has been loving playing at junior level and you know this is what she's all, this is what she's wanted to do is just keep playing camogies for as long as she can um, then you've got you know Kate Drennan Kate I thought was excellent in a full forward Julie Lennon as well listen we talked about her at senior level she's been you know a colossal for young Ireland's um, and you know like when she was getting stuck into the game you could see that St. Bridget's had definitely kind of marked her as one of their key figures like they'd obviously seen what she was able to do at senior level but so she was she was kept going all in all like you know it was it was a good game of Camogie but you would have to say St. Bridget's really took every opportunity when they got it and you know the, some of the goals that they got were extremely classy I must say Paula Farrell when she came in you know she was a hockey player for uh, for Young Ireland's there the first ball came in she just swung it straight into the back of the net um, and you know that was kind of the driving force to get Young Ireland's back into the game uh, but I think definitely Lauren Ronan for me was the difference in the both teams she was absolutely excellent superb she just took everything on that was coming towards her. She looked like she has been playing at adult level for so many years. We mm-hmm. have to remember she's still on quite she's still under she's under sixteen still, I think. 
uh, I don't know if she's still under 16 but she's definitely minor anyway yeah, like, like I just I think like she's definitely going to be a player to watch I think in the next couple of years she was under 16 last year anyway she was definitely under 16 last year yeah, yeah. so was she, that was probably her last year under 16 last year so. then um, but yeah I definitely think she's certainly going to be a player to watch in the future like and you know I would imagine that she I think from kind of watching one of their senior games I know she did come in as a sub in one of their senior matches um, but my god is she really going to be do you know who she reminds me of she reminds me an awful lot of Shelley Farrell. Yeah, small. The way she's able to low, get around yeah, players, left hand side yeah. is her favourite side. You know that goal instinct. Mm-hmm. The minute she sees the goal there, just like as if a huge space opens up, and she might have the small little narrow yeah. pocket, but she's able to well get into. But any time I've seen her playing in the last couple of weeks now and months, she just reminds me so much of her, like the, yeah. the way her movement. But look, it was close enough at half time, um, and as we said, they uh, they really rolled into it into the second half. It yeah. was an eight goal trip in total I mean Young Ireland scored probably two of the best goals that you would mm-hmm. ever see and that was without even having the ball in their hand um, the flick was one of them that was down at the far end of the field it was just like a golf sang shot you know out of yeah. the, the bunker just up onto the hurl first time bang into the back of the net but I suppose momentum was kind of lost a little bit because Young Ireland's were coming back into it yeah. a fraction they and were just after getting the goal yeah mm. and then Kay Royal had the injury down at the bottom end of the field um, serious enough knee injury that uh, the time was stopped for a good bit yeah. um, of time that was obviously to allow her to get the attention um, the ambulance of was called for her and um, she managed to get herself off to the, the end line they were going to move the game originally over to the other field mm-hmm. to keep it playing and to get it going in fairness to both clubs they wanted to finish the game yeah. um, but look when they said that Kay was able to be moved um, they stay pushed they got to play it um, but in fairness St Bridget's while I think it came to five points in the second half at one stage mm-hmm. um, Young Ireland really didn't threaten that much because no. when they came back into them St Bridget's it was like just flicking a switch they went up they got another couple of scores uh, even the management themselves was even shouting at some stage because uh, Amy was so good in on the goal yeah. for Young Ireland they would just keep telling their forwards just to pop the ball over the bar keep the scoreboard ticking Take over, over. Um, because I was on that goal for the second half and she definitely pulled off five on unbelievable saves like they could yeah. have had five more goals but yeah we certainly wish Kay Royal the, the very best in her recovery it wasn't a, a nice injury at all and hopefully she wasn't waiting too long after mm-hmm. uh, for the ambulance to arrive either but um, yeah we wish her the very best in her recovery and well done to St Bridget's because as I said they came back after last year's disappointment and put it right and yeah it was a, a good win for St Bridget's and it was mm-hmm. a good win for the under-14s as well, which made it a good weekend for St. Bridget's overall. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, they can be very proud of themselves the way they're kind of after maybe, you know, you know signing out of the Camogie year in St. Bridget's there. They've got a, a junior title under the belt, they've got an under-14 title under the belt and I'm sure their minors and under-16s are, are still there, thereabouts as well. So yeah, you know, really, really good work from them and, you know, it's definitely, they're definitely going in the right direction and great to see so many younger players involved and I suppose that's the whole idea of having a, having a second uh, team 
team in the competition especially at junior level is that you're breeding in all these new young players like you look at their midfielder the midfield pairing of Ava Brett and Lauren East suppose them had excellent games like their backs were all very very young as well with Reese Delaney there at centre back she had a very good game too so yeah the St. Bridges are certainly going in, in the right direction for young Ireland's as well you know an awful lot of young players on that team too and they're just going to have to regroup and I think that they can you know they can, if they can keep this up and keep the numbers coming for junior that they're definitely going to be able to have a junior team next year as well because there is an awful lot playing in Gorn so we, we want to see them continue to have a second team in the championship Of course we do and it's always great to have teams that's there and that's the great benefit of having the competitions like this we know that teams have been looking for it in the past that they're mm. not up to the junior standard at the minute whereas the junior C is a nice stepping stone for them to win then get the promotion up into the junior proper etc and you know yeah. work it from there and it's great that people are coming back to the sport of camogie and playing and that there's an age appropriate level there for them mm-hmm. to get involved with first that they're not going out and getting hammered etc etc so yeah well done to everybody that puts out uh, extra adult teams in it talking about adult teams on yeah we have a hectic weekend ahead of us this is like super weekend never mind super Sunday when it comes to football this is super weekend because we have six county semi-finals to decide at the weekend and it all kicks off on Saturday with the meetings of the two County finalists from last year, we have the champions versus the runners-up. This is the first of the Michael Ling Motors Hyundai Senior Championship County Semi-Finals. Dixborough is going up against Piltown. It's going ahead in your home club in Tullerone at a quarter past 11 on Saturday morning. And it will be broadcast live online with KCLR with details of that to come later on. And I know that you picked Dixborough to uh, win out the championship so far. So, are you sticking with your prediction? I did give you the option of moving if you wanted to this week. Are you sticking with Dixborough to win it out and give us your verdict on this game first? Um, yeah, like I think when you look at these two pairings, we're so kind of used to seeing them at the latter stages of the championship in finals and in semi-finals. And I suppose, you know, both teams have been really, really good ambassadors for Camogie in Kilkenny over the last couple of years. Like they've really, really dominated and, you know, they're really starting to dominate. They've, they've ha- they have dominated at underage level as well. And I suppose that's all down to both clubs. Like, you know, we talked endlessly about Pilltown having numerous teams, having three teams at adult level. Um, Dixborough have two teams at adult level as well so you know it's really really good to see I think when you kind of look at the way the team that kind of on form at the, this year so far you would have to say that Dixborough are probably you know they were a good mile ahead of every other team at, at senior level this year and they just seem to be throwing up scores and what's interesting enough like is when I'm doing the when I'm doing the top scores in the championship there's not one Dixborough not one Dixborough player actually in the top five but that's because that they have so many scores like I think there was one match that they have eight or nine different scores on the. I think we the, counted ten as yeah, one of them. Like, and it just goes to show that they're not overly dependent on one specific player, like, and that they have an array of scores throughout. And I think. For me, I think that's one thing that shows a great, great team that they have scores that can come from every sort of an area. I, yeah. I think that, and I think to be honest with you, that's what's really going to stand to Dixborough this weekend is that if just say for example one of their one of their fours has a bad day at the office, there's five other girls that are well and truly like you can't really like. I suppose we can all kind of look at a team and say, listen, you know, we've definitely got about three, four fours that are well capable of scoring, but mm-hmm. the other two will work like dogs. They'll do all. 
the donkey work they'll do the hard work they mightn't get the scores but they'll work but I think when you look at Dixborough it's the complete opposite they'll all work and they'll all contribute onto the scoreboard which I think is massive and I think Dixborough this year have definitely upped it a bit they've upped it another level and they really are starting to put a gap between themselves and the, the rest of the county in saying that for for Pilltown I think they're probably coming in under the radar a lot I think and I spoke about this before that I do think a lot of people including myself will have maybe wrote Pilltown off um, because of the fact that they are missing the two Doyle sisters and I think that p- maybe people would think that they're, they are slightly weakened in what they would have been compared to other years the fact that they did have then you know a tough baiting really in the last game against Dixborough I think Dixborough came out victory with 18 points and at both teams are obviously going to be putting that aside that's something that they're not going to want to be focusing on but I just think coming into this match that Dix, that Piltown are definitely coming in as underdogs and I think that's the way they like to come in as underdogs they have nothing to lose they're coming up against the they're coming up against the reigning county champions and I think they're going to actually like that tag of going in as the underdogs as well into this game and I think that's going to be very important to them I always feel like with with Piltown They've had their opportunities the last couple of years in county finals and they just haven't been able to push over the line. And I really think that, for me, I think it's harder to be Piltown in a semi-final than it is in a county final. And I know people will kind of think when you say something like that, oh, that's a bit, you know, how could you say that? But I do think that when it comes to semi-final, I think Piltown literally throw everything at you and they just can't seem to get over the line in a county final. But I do think if they can get over the line against Dixborough, I think that the county final is there for the lose, is, is theirs for the taking. Well, the last time they went in as underdogs in the county final was the 2014 intermediate yeah. final that nobody gave them a chance to come out and mm-hmm. What they do? They went on and won it and won the, the All Ireland the yeah, following the year snow as well. Yeah, in in Crow Park that day. Yeah, I suppose. Listen, it's definitely going to be. It's definitely going to be a massive game this weekend. Both teams coming to Tullerone. You know, it's it's a fairly early throw-in as well, quarter past mm-hmm. 11 too. Um, but I think, you know, I think both teams are going to bring a massive support with them. Um, you know, I think... Well, when you look at both teams as well, I mean, they're heavily represented on the county teams. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think just doing a quick synopsis there, each of them have five players on the, the senior panel. Mm. Like that's 10 of the 34, 35 girls mm-hmm. that's there is between the these two clubs so the talent is going to be there like I mean if you were to pick a game of the weekend on paper this is probably going Mm -hmm. to be it but then a lot of teams that you pick on paper then you think that there's going to be great games turns out to be a dire drab affair I don't think that's going to be the case though in this one I think both teams are going to go hell to leather and there's probably a bit more pressure on Dixborough going into the game to retain the title because it hasn't been done since back in the Thomastown and Mundavat eras Mm -hmm. which has been a couple of years ago like so they will want to put a back-to-back title together and show that they are the dominant force in Kilkenny at the minute. Yeah, and I think they need to. Like, I think we we all talk about Dixborough and how great they are, but I don't think you can actually, I don't think they can class themselves as being great unless they can do the back-to-back. So there is going to be that pressure. That pressure is going to be on them. But I do think, and we spoke about this in a, in a previous podcast, I do feel like they are mentally a lot stronger this year. I think they've matured an awful lot compared to when they won it back in 2020, where they kind of maybe took the foot off the pedal a bit and maybe took the following year for granted and look what happened to them. They yeah. got knocked out in a quarter final. I think this year what they've done is they've upped themselves again and I think like they're all so driven. They all really, really want this. And to be honest with you, I feel with Dixborough, I feel there's nearly one eye on a county title 
will but there's another eye on a Leinster Championship mm-hmm. because they know after the Aulars Zavala up in Abbottstown wasn't it yep. we went up to I think they feel like they kind of left that one behind but you know they obviously need to get get through the Kilkenny Championship um, Kilkenny Championship first I just think with Dixborough I think all round they have you know 18 to 19 absolutely excellent players you go a long way to find a club team that you can actually say that they have nearly 20 excellent players that it's very hard to pick from like on no given day could you actually pick the starting 15 team for um, for Dixborough in my opinion I'd hate to be their managers trying to face that because there's so many really good young players coming up um, but I think looking at this and that is the problem that there is so yeah. many good players who do you leave Huge. out but yeah. that also gives you know, a lot of players food for thought, like mm-hmm. that they have to put in the effort because if not, well, there's someone else behind them going to take their place very, very quickly. Yeah, they have to perform and you have to be performing every day. Like you can't just, you know, go out one day, have a mediocre game and then, you know, you're automatically going to be starting the mm-hmm. next day. To be fair, it's kind of nearly like an inter-county setup really with them. And the fact that like, you know, they have so many players that can actually just swap straight in. And I think, I think Dick Spur definitely are going to be the ones t- to beat in this year's championship. And, you know, for me, I, I think, I think it will be given the nod to Dixborough this weekend against Piltown. Okay, so that is going to be the first game going to Dixborough. The second game in the Michael Ling Motors Hyundai Senior Championship is going to have the neighbours, near enough neighbours, I have to say, of Clara and Thomastown. It's probably a while since both have met in a county semi final. I don't think they met in last year's semi finals. <coughs> um, and it's not going to be an easy one to call. This game is on in Tullerone. It's part of a double header, which is great. We get mm-hmm. to see both the games on in the one venue. It is down for a 2pm <coughs> throw-in. And this will be done live on the KCLR frequency on the radio on Saturday. But the big question is, Anya Fahi, who are you going to tip to come away with the victory in this one? I think this is going to be the game of the weekend, to be honest with you. I do, I really do. I feel like these two teams are going to go absolutely hammers and hongs for each other. It's going to be unbelievable. You're looking at Thomastown who, you know, know that a lot of people have been saying that they maybe aren't as strong as they are for the last couple of years and then you've got Clara who have a point to prove. Clara are very kind of very proud in their tradition and you know they they expect to be competing at a high level. They have a yeah. very very high standard that they set for themselves um, and I think for Clara I think coming out of the round robin stages and you know having two really good victories under the belt and obviously getting that victory against Thomastown you know, I think that's really going to that's really going to stand to them. I think for Thomastown, the way they kind of started off in the it started off in the rounds robin stages, and then to come up and beat and to beat uh, Young Ireland in the quarter final, I think that was a really really good result for them. I have said it before. I do think Thomastown are constantly improving by every game. I do think going into the round one stage, I definitely think that has that has stood to them. Um, I just, uh, to be honest, I think this is really, really hard to call. Like, I do think it's going to be an absolute tremendous game of camogie. And I do think, you know, it's really going to come down to the wire. I, I just, I physically cannot get the word out to say who's <laughs> going to win this. You're going to have to, because you can't sit on the fence. Because <laughs> unless that we go to uh, a replay, which we're back to the replays, by the way, folks. Uh, there will be extra time, obviously, on the day, but... The finish on the day protocol has now been reserved 
for replays only so if it's a draw after extra time they will go to a replay including the county finals this year as well so <coughs> all the COVID protocols are nearly gone out the door now at this stage so it's great I suppose in one way that we do have a replay and obviously if there's 45 shootouts when it comes to the replay well so be it but it's not done on the same day as well which is a bonus to all teams but on your fahi come on put your head on the plate get someone out with the sword and let them behead you if they want to afterwards oh, probably but for now anyway, so for now um, I'm going to put pressure on you who is going to win this game is it going to be Clara or is it going to be Thomastown Oh God! And I don't think Sinead inside in Studio One is going to give you any inspiration no. at all, at all. Um, I think at the moment, I think the momentum is certainly with Thomas Town in this. I think they have been improving with every game. I do think that Clara, on the other hand, I do think they are just in a really, really good position this year, and it's just so, so difficult to call. I, you know, I like. I've obviously I've played against Clara. I have played against Thomastown. Who would I be more fearful of coming up against next? Probably Thomastown. So you giving the nod to Thomastown then? By the skin of their teeth, I'm going to, And do you know what the worst thing about it is? I have highlighted Clara, and I'm after changing <laughs> my mind. <laughs> so I think I will. By the skin of my teeth, go for Thomastown on that. But I think that game is going to come down to the wire. I would love, though, to see Clara win it. I would, because I think it would be nice to have a new team in a county final. But I just think momentum at the moment is with is certainly with Thomastown. And then we'll have a right row when it comes yeah. to the county final. The two maroon teams. Who's the oldest club in Kilkenny? They get to keep the jerseys in the final, whoever it is. And I can't answer that one yet, but we'll find, it, we'll find out be? for... Uh, for next week Did they on that one. 100 years recently? They could have. We'll have to find that one out now mm. for next week because that will obviously be a problem with two maroon jerseys in a final. Right, so that's Saturday's game sorted out then. So don't forget, it is the Michael Ling Motors Hyundai Senior Championship semi-finals in Tullerone. It's a double header with Dixborough taking on Pilltown at 11.15 on Saturday morning. And that is followed by the meeting of Clara and Thomastown at 2pm. Extra time in all those games. And as we said earlier, the first game will be done live online through KCLR channels. And that will all be advertised shortly. And then at 2 o'clock, we will be live on the KCLR frequency out on the radio and that will be brought with association with myself and Anya calling that one and we're really looking forward to them as well. Anya, moving along then to Sunday, we have another bumper day. We have four semi-finals down for decision. We're going to start off with the Shaw's Department Store Intermediate Championship County Semi-Final. Venues are a premium, I can tell you one thing, over next yeah. weekend. And it's going to be another double header with the first of them on in the south of Glenmore with the new stand and all going to be in operation, a new scoreboard down there as well, and it's lovely and it's lit and it's illuminated LED, so if it's pouring rain, at least we'll be able to see the scoreboard. I might have to go down the night before. I wonder if there's a hotel I could be put in down there. We're, we're near enough. Plenty of B&Bs down that way as well. But it is going to be the meeting of the Roar and Stieg versus Mullinavash. That's kicking off at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. And I can see you putting a programme over your head already, because I know this is going to be a toy one to call both of them have been performing so well yeah. in the championship but the question is who's going to perform better on the day and who's going to win it 
I've been racking my brain over all week about this. I just, I don't know what it is like. And part of me, I would have said at the start of the year, and I definitely did say it, that I would be expecting one of that to be in a county final. But I just feel like Rowan Steger after coming out of absolutely nowhere. And I know you're giving me daggers there, Martin. And that's why I'm no, not no, even no, no, I'm, right now. no, no, I'm completely, I'm seeing nothing in this one. Um, I'm here to facilitate the chat. Yeah, you're here to put my head on the chopping board. You don't, you sit on the fence while I put my neck out there. I get heckled at matches. I get abuse thrown at me going down the street. Um, but yeah. Well, that makes a change because I'm usually the one getting abused. So, Do you know what? I I think it's going to be it's going to be an absolutely excellent game of camogie. Um I just feel like it's kind of nearly a Cinderella story for Roaring Steve this year. They twelve months ago, you go back twelve months in their intermediate campaign, and they were nowhere near, con, you know, contending in a, no. in a quarter final, anything like that. And they'd probably say that to you themselves. Yep. They just were not in a really good position last year. Like there was some score lines, they were getting really heavy defeats in it. And I think they're after doing a manager list at the yeah. start of the year. I think you know they're after coming out. You know they're after coming out. They're after completely revamping themselves this year. They have been pulling out score lines that I just think are absolutely unbelievable. No team is getting within, you know, any bit of a reach of them. And I really think that if they can, you know, if the younger girls especially don't kind of feel the nerves and the jitter going into county semi-final because it can be a big stage for a lot of these young players. A lot of these young players might have paid at a stage like this. And I know you're still only at a semi-final stage but you're 60 minutes away from a county final. And it's an adult county final as well. In saying that, Mullivat of all the experience of playing in county finals in senior county finals in senior Leinster championship games you know the likes of Michelle Quilty the likes of Julianne Malone you know the likes of all these girls they have all the experience Leanne Fennelly you know it is going to come down to nearly the, the younger girls versus the experience but I do feel that Roar and Stieg are just going to have that bit of an edge on Mullivat this weekend Okay, well, I'm going to put it down to you, but okay. I, am, I am putting a question to you. I am going to put the, the highlighter on the roar on that one. My question to you is, have the roar been tested? No. At all, at all? No. Because, I mean, if you look at all the results coming up, and this includes the next lot of mm-hmm. games that we have, the only one that has really been tested so far in the competition has been Mullinavat and the two epic games that they have with yeah. Freshford. Mm. And again, I I probably will sit on the fence because obviously the yeah. sister is involved with Mullen Nevada, etc. Um, and I've seen it. Now they have weaknesses, yeah. don't get me wrong. Um, and when you take probably the two sharpshooters contending for even the, the high scorer at the minute with Michelle and Quiva, either on either side, it's to find out who can get more because the Roar are not leaking goals. No. They're scoring them. Mm-hmm. But They're have the only they team. have they been really tested? I, I think you're 100% right. I don't think they have been tested, but they're the only team in the whole championship and league that have not conceded a goal this year. And that's a phenomenal record, huge, to be fair. Huge. And even at that, they're not even conceding that much points as well. And again, it does beg the question, have they been tested? No, they certainly have not been tested, I don't think. But I think the confidence that they're after building from it, I think that's going to bring them an awful long way. And I think the fact that when you have a goalkeeper in the likes of Emma Kavanagh in the goal, I think she's going to kind of be like what Kate MacDonald does for Thomastown. She's going to be able to command those girls. She's got all the experience in the world. She's going to tell them where they need to be, what they need to be doing. I think that's going to be the major difference in in Mullinavat and in Roar and Ishtig. and I just think that I think Roar and Ishtig are going to have the legs 
on Mullinavat to just push it out over the line. I think it's going to be another great game of Camogie, but I just think on form at the moment, they're Orange League are really consistent yeah well no one can argue with any of the points that you have to make and in that one but I do agree with you it is going to be a fantastic game of Camogie moving along then to the second one and it's a repeat of the junior county final that we had two years ago it is James Stevens versus Moonkine also in Glenmore at 1pm with a throw in there and this is not going to be an easy one to call on, yeah, because James Stevens have been last year's runners up. Mm. They have been in the county final before. When the two teams met two years ago, there was very little between them. I think it was a point or two in the end that James Stevens was after coming away with the victory. But I mean, for Moonkine, it's probably a fairy tale to be promoted from junior to play an intermediate and to get up into your first ever intermediate semi final they're on a high but who is going to come away with the victory oh again this is so hard I think the intermediate actually the intermediate semi-finals are nearly harder to pick than the senior semi-finals um, I know I have said that from day one that James Stevens are going to win a county final but I would love to see Moonkine get to a county final I really really would um, I just think they've been excellent this year and I suppose again something quite similar to Roar and have James Stevens been tested Probably not. Have Munkine really been tested? Potentially not either. Um, well, on, on stats, and I have been doing the stats, yeah. the closest to come to James Stevens at the minute was Mullinavat in the first yeah, round of points. the league by three points. And mm. that's the closest anyone have come to him yeah. yet. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think, my God, this is so hard. And I had this all prepared in my head all week. I knew exactly what I was going to say. I knew exactly who I was going for. I'm after doing a U-turn on some of them. But this is the problem with the championship at this year in particular, because it is so tight on every level that you might think something is going to happen mm. one day and then you're rolling it over in your head and then you're thinking, oh God, I wonder though, am I right on that? Am I wrong on that? You know, something could change here. And this is exactly it. And Yes, I think you're right. The Intermediate Championship this year is mm. probably the hardest one to call. It definitely is. I think, OK, let's be realistic when we look at it. Yeah, it would be absolutely amazing for for Moonkind to go all the way and get to a county final. As you said, what a Cinderella story it would be. It would be an absolute fairy tale for them winning junior last year coming straight up. On the other side, you have to look at James Stevens. You know, in the county final last year, barely lost out to, to Barra Rangers. For me, I think, you know, are a team that would definitely slot very well straight away into senior and compete at a very good level too. Um, I think the scores that they've been, you know, pushing up has been really, really good. But then when I'm looking at it, it's still, you're looking at the same scores throughout the whole thing for them. But as you're doing the same for, you're doing the same for Moonkind, Deirdre Welsh is like their top score. I think she's like third on the table for scores yep. at the moment. Um, but in but say, unlike the roar, yeah. James Stevens are allowing goals to be scored at the other end. Yeah. You know, and Moonkind have the potential to score goals. When you give Laura Wall mm. enough ball up there, she can do serious damage. And as you say, you add Deirdre into the mix as well, along yeah. with a couple of other girls. The defence is fairly strong. You know, you have Maraid Corker yeah. is there. Emily Crowley is in on goal. Yeah. But you move to James Stevens though and you have the likes of Neve Dealey who has been instrumental for DCU. You have Michelle Tien who is probably a shoe in nearly for an all-star this year to be fair I hope so you yeah. know um, yeah. I mean if she doesn't it's going to be a travesty yeah. let's be fair about it um, you know and you even put Sophie O'Dwyer then up in the forward line and we can see what she can do in an all-iron final as well like you yeah. know this is 
this is actually so I wouldn't like to be calling this one now no. to be fair I think do you know what it is I think when it comes to this stage I think this is where we're really going to start seeing James Stevens turn on the turn on the fireworks I think this is where they're going to start turning on their class and all that and I think it's the fact that they're used to they're used to the, this level they're used to competing at the top of this level and you know they're a, very, they're a team that are probably at the exact perfect age for them all to move up to senior level mm-hmm. as well um, and in saying that I am going to give the nod to James Stevens, but I would I think it would be absolutely brilliant to see Moonkine in, in a county final but I'm going to give the nod to James Stevens. Okay well <laughs> <laughs> Oh God only knows it's going to be so interesting here next Monday to see who we are going to potentially have uh, in studio or on the phone line to discuss the potential of a county final but we, we are going to recap on those fixtures it is the Shaw's Department Store Intermediate Championship Semi-Finals a double header in Glenmore on Sunday with the first game at 11 o'clock between the Roarness League and Mullinavat and then following it at 1 o'clock we have the meeting of James Stevens versus Moon Coyne Oh God, I know it's not going to get any easier for you either because we are going to move to the junior uh, county semi-finals and they are going to be played as a double header as well. Now I have to say, in fairness to the fixtures committee, they have tried their best to get venues that at least the two games are able to be viewed um, at the same venue that you're not moving and changing around two places I know yeah. it can't be held with all the hurling fixtures around that they can't be all at different times but you look we have to move on with what we have but the first of the double header in Thomastown in the Kilkenny River Court Junior Championship semi-finals again has Pilltown pipped in them for the second year in a row there are seniors and intermediates are contesting county semi-finals and this time Carrick Shock is the opposition that is down for 11 o'clock in Thomastown on Sunday morning so give us your run over on this one Do you know what um, I think it's obviously it's great for Carrick Shock to be in the county semi-final I think when it boils down to it yes Piltown are going to be without the assistance of Anya Dyle who has obviously been their top scorer in the junior campaign so far but she's obviously now you know firmly with the seniors and preparing for their county semi-final as well on Sunday um I do think, however, I do think Piltown are going to be a little bit too strong for Piltown on this occasion. I think for Piltown, losing the county final last year, I think that they would be very sore and very hurt over it. And I think that there's an excellent group of players in Piltown at this level that can actually progress and go on. I think they would be very competitive if they were to move up a grade this year. So with that, I am going to be giving the nod to Piltown on this this game. Okay, so that is Piltown against Carrick Shock on that one. And as the fella says, only time is going to tell uh, on that fixture. But yeah, that it certainly could be an intriguing battle there. The next one then is probably more intriguing because we have the giant up winners of John Locke's Bennett's Bridge taking on Greg Namana as the second game in Thomastown at one o'clock. And let's be fair, this is a Cinderella story. John mm. Locke's Bennett's Bridge was there last year against Pilltown. Fantastic game in horrendous conditions yeah. and Pilltown came out on top. But for Greg Namana to be in a county semi-final this year from where they were last year and both of us was worried about where the yeah. club was going yeah, you know they were getting hammered in most games they were forfeiting games 
and what a turnaround now to see them contesting a county semi-final the question is Anya Fahi can they go one step further and get to a county final do you know what you're dead right like we were extremely worried about them last year and you know I think I even at one stage I was kind of looking at you know do they need to form with another club to kind of keep the girls playing and that yep. I think they've done a massive massive U-turn I think it's really only kind of in the last couple of games that we've seen that U-turn kind of happen where they were getting a really good result a really good result against Tullaher they find themselves in a county semi-final which is a massive achievement for them I know there's an awful lot of work being done down there especially at juvenile level um, you know I think they won the under 14 county final the weekend they won an under 14 they county final the weekend they did win the under 14 I think they're yeah. actually preparing for an under 12 county final tonight I know that because they are against Kill McHale yeah, yes guy I work with and work his daughters are on it and he was getting psyched up himself today at 10 o'clock this morning for this under 12 county final um, so like there is a massive amount of work being done in Greg Namana which is really really good to see in saying that though I think John Locke's Brent's Bridge are certainly at another level this year and I think you know that they've worked extremely hard to, to you know to get the amalgamation of this club right um, they had to get the balance between the two players uh, the two teams and I think you know they're definitely going in the right direction and I think I think to me the most deserving to get to a final would be John Locke's Brent's Bridge and that's why I'm going to going to give him the, the nod on this one Okay, well, they certainly have one of the top scorers in Vivian Holmes there mm. as well, among others. Um, but okay, so you're giving the nod to John Lux and Bennett Bridge on that. Okay, so that is a recap on the Kilkenny Rivercourt Hotel Junior Championship semi finals. Doubleheader in Thomastown on Sunday morning. First up is the meeting of Carrickshock and Pelltown at 11am, followed by the meeting of John Locke's Bennett's Bridge taking on Greg Namana at 1pm. And again, as we say, extra time in all those games if they do end in a draw at full time. We've one more game then to review, obviously, because the teams that is beaten in the Junior Championship gets to get another shot at a, a county title. So the Junior B Championship is coming up and we have one of the quarterfinals down for the weekend. And this is the meeting of Aaron's own Breed versus Blacks and Whites. There is no venue as we are talking about this at the minute but as we always say keep an eye on kilkennycomogie.ie for up to date fixtures of time changes or anything that way but Anya it's nice to see that these teams are still in the championship mm-hmm. they get another crack at the whip yep. um, and a chance to bring home a bit of silverware and who do you see coming away with the victory in this one? Yeah, you know what, you're dead right. It is great to see, you know, teams being given another opportunity because, you know, it's for a lot of these for a lot of these teams you can see that they are like rural they are small rural towns that are being involved in it. And I think it is very important that, you know, they definitely probably don't have the, the numbers that would say more predominant teams would have. Um for the for this, like Aaron's own Nave Breed, you have to look at their the way they're going at their juvenile structure as well. It's just being colossal. The great that they joined together at you know at some of the age groups under uh, at under 14 level the minor team for Aaron's own have do, doing very well as well and I think that's going to filter into their junior team too and saying that Blacks and Whites have always had a huge history of camogie down there you know you have to look at Anne-Marie Lennon she's definitely one of the stalwarts of Blacks and Whites and, you and know, especially she, in this competition yeah and you know what she's going to keep she's just going to keep pushing them along I do think you would have to fancy Blacks and Whites in this to come out with a victory just you know just I think there's just there's Steelness and the rootlessness might get them through over the line on this one. Okie dokie.
Well, that is uh, the Kilkenny Rivercourt Hotel Junior B Championship quarter final. It is going to be Aaron Zone, Breed versus Blacks and Whites. Again, as we said, there is no current venue on this at the minute or time and I'm just checking the phone here at the minute and there's no result in for that under 12 final yet so we can't bring you the result of that one um, obviously that is it for the uh, competition end of things and the games and the fixtures ahead for the weekend there's obviously a couple of more little bits that is happening as well one of them is the Kikenny Camogie Senior Golf uh, Classic that is being held in Castlecomer Golf Club in aid of the Kilkenny Senior Camogie Training Fund which is taking place on the 6th, 7th and 8th of October in Castlecomer Golf Club with a team of four, €160 including the meal. There is fantastic GUI and non-GUI prizes on offer and for those of you who don't know the GUI is the Golf Union of Ireland so you don't have to be a member of that to take part in it. There is a contact detail here and it is for Deirdre so so you can ring her for tea times on 87 64661193 or you can book it directly with Casacomer Golf Club as well and Casacomer Golf Club is delighted to host this fundraising event for the Leinster and All-Ireland Champions and support for the team is much appreciated and you can enjoy a bit of to eat the crack and you can have a game of golf as well and I'm just trying to read the last bit here is the presentation of prizes will be done at 9 o'clock on the Saturday evening with live music on the night as well also uh, we have a couple of venues to announce because the team themselves are going to have some elite training days and I'm trying to find all of the venues here now in the one spot. So these are taking part in different venues around the county. The first one is taking part in Carrick Shock on the 1st of October. And if you would like information on that, contact Tommy on 86 6411506 and he can be contacted on that to book in uh, the child it's not open just solely to Kilkenny players it is open to anybody outside of Kilkenny that wants to take part and get some coaching by the All-Ireland champions there's a couple of venues then on the 8th of October there's one in James's Park in Kilkenny the contact there is Kira Phelan and she can be contacted on 085 282 8850 there's one in Thomastown GAA the contact there is our friend Roisin Breen on 085 one in Freshford going ahead and the contact is the fabulous Miriam Welsh on 86 There is also, I think I saw it earlier on, one taking part in Kilmacow, if I'm right on saying that. And I know that was sent in to us earlier on on our Instagram story. Yes, it is on the 8th of October uh, and the contact for that is Maraid on 083 Eight one five seven two four five, and the last date then that I have on this is going ahead on the fifteenth of October in two different venues. One of them is in Gordon GAA. The contact there is Steffi Fitz on zero eight six. 
0818-2303208. And the last one then is going to be Ashling Curtis is the contact in Conaghy Shamrocks and Ashling's number is actually not on this at the minute but I'm sure if you contact uh, any of the players on the above numbers that I've just given out they'll be able to give you Ashling's contact details so that is an elite training day ran by the Kilkenny champions there is a different girl at the venues it runs from 10 o'clock in the morning until 1 o'clock the O'Duffy Cup is going to be there it is open for all Camogie players either in Kilkenny or outside of it in different counties from the age of 8 to 14 years old and if you want a bit of coaching and to help the girls out on that by all means do as well and they will be delighted to have you and I think it's fairly reasonably priced as well where I did see something earlier on with the first child was I think 10 euro the second one was 15 for two children and three above then was 25 euro then as well so some fabulous coaching can be got there with all of the players I'm being told that the Saturday tea times are pretty full for the golf classic so if you want to get in there to book early but uh, great initiative on you obviously a lot of fundraising to be done for us um, and if anybody at all can do it you were part of the holiday that went off the last time and the girls you had a, a right good uh, fun and a bit of crack and just mm-hmm. to let the hair down after what is a very long season for some of them yeah I think so and I think it's you know it's certainly well deserved you know I suppose in one sense, it's a bit disappointing that they do have to fundraise for it. And, I, you know, this is the argument that's been had, you know, the last couple of weeks in relation to it. But to be well, fair... Well, the to only girls, thing on this, and again, I have to be David's advocate <laughs> on this as well, because I was actually looking earlier on uh, during the week, and I said this to Lil as well when I was talking to her, is the hurlers, the perception that's out there is they have a huge pot that the GAA pays for everything. They don't. The GAA, yes, gives them a certain amount of money to go, which is a huge lump sum. Mm -hmm. But they also have to fundraise themselves because you're looking at a couple of hundred grand like to go off on a a holiday like that they are at the minute. And they are also fundraising as well. So, you know, the, the GAA still has to go out and do the fundraising the same as the girls. But they have a bigger pot to start off with like than what the girls do as well. So, you know, I have to be the devil's advocate on it. And I, I totally, and I get what you're saying and by no means am I going to argue on this, but you're not going to see a, a hurler go out and do no, an No, 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 no. It's all been camp. done for them. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And I think this is, this is a lot of the problem. And like, don't get me wrong, I think it's great that the girls are going out and they are doing this themselves because, you know, this is obviously what they want and, I, you know, they understand that they there obviously isn't the funds there for you know, to, to get the holiday automatically. So they're working very hard to to try and get this. And I know that, you know, a lot of people were maybe giving them a little bit of slack, you know, the last couple of weeks because they were trying to raise money. And, you know, there was questions being asked about, you know, the way things are at the moment. We can't afford this. We can't afford that. But I think what people have to remember the girls aren't asking you to give them money. They're asking people to fundraise who can help them. Yeah. They're not They're not expecting everybody to give them money. They're asking those who can or those who would like to who would like to um, donate money or sponsor money to them or help them out in any way to ask if that would be great. They're not forcing you down no, no, and asking no, no. you to do that. And well, I, think I have to say actually now, and I was out in the Kells Road on uh, Saturday morning, and to be fair, people were coming in and they were paying their admission fee and there was no problem at all at all. Mm-hmm. They were getting the match programme. And a lot of people that was actually coming in were saying, 
are you collecting for the players? And we were like, no, this is just to cover the cost of the ground and to cover the cost of mm-hmm. the referees, etc. But they still give the extra money, which we were able to take, and then we can pass it on to the players yeah. as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of goodwill out there towards the players and trying to get them off on a holiday. And everybody knows that nobody's entitled yeah. to go off on a holiday, etc. Like you said, they're only asking, if possible, yeah. you know, I mean, this is a great way for young players to get coaching. Mm-hmm. It was done a couple of years ago and all of the girls really enjoyed it. You can get up close with the players, you know, the cup is going to be there. They'll do a bit of coaching, they'll sign autographs, etc. afterwards. Yeah. But you're also going to get the experience of them giving you their experience and passing that on with their skill level, mm-hmm. you know, maybe little tips for, you know, before you go out in pre-match games or what calms the nerves of themselves mm-hmm. before they go play big games. Like, so, you know, it's an open, vast field that's available for the players and anybody who is mad into camogie or any young players, any young camogie players out there yeah. would love to go to a one-day camp and in fairness, it is reasonably priced. I, I mean, where are that. you going to get a couple of hours no. coaching if you have one kid for a tenner and you can put three or four kids out for 25 quid mm-hmm. and get them trained by the county and by the Leinster and all Ireland champions I should say um, and it's fantastic value so um, yeah. yeah no and I totally agree with that and like I do think you know I think you know there was a bit of a, a bit of an upheaval going back a couple of years ago I think didn't a Dublin footballer you know was doing a, a free a free taking coaching session and was nearly uh-huh. charging a couple of hundred euro for it so you know for what the cost of what the girls are actually charging for you know their free time their spare time which they obviously listen they obviously love doing it anyway and you know they would they do it no problem at all and you know it is cheaper than you know getting a babysitter in some cases so you know if you want to if you want to drop the kids off to the girls I'm sure they'd be more delighted more than delighted to look after them for the day but I do think listen you know I suppose for those of us that Camogie is very close to heart we, I would see this as a very worthy cause like I do think that the girls do deserve to get a holiday from it um, I would have always been of the opinion that what the guys get the girls should get as well and I think that's you know that's very very important um, and I do think I do think you know it's something that they, they should be getting I just think it is a bit unfortunate that they do have to fundraise it but listen that's an argument for another day so I suppose anybody that can donate in any way shape or form to something small it might be a euro or two it doesn't make a difference every little bit helps into it um, for the golf society or for the golf outing I think that's going to be a fantastic day it always is it always brings you know massive numbers as well and I think it's a really Lots really good idea people yeah, around exactly. you know of that course, might want they to love it. it they absolutely love it and I think the coaching days are are a really really good idea as well and you know it's, it's the girls going back out to you know the clubs and that as well and I'm sure there's other clubs that would love to get involved in it if there was probably a timeline there I'm sure the clubs would like to get involved in it as well so yeah fair play to them you know they have to do the work themselves and they're not afraid to every single one of them are not afraid to get down there and get out there and start doing the work that they need to, to get a holiday for themselves as well so fair play to them Well I know Sue and Sinead is after giving us a bit of food for thought when they were on uh, the way it is earlier with Sue and the debate about the scorts and couldn't actually believe mm-hmm. that Sue didn't realise that scorts was a thing on camogie players <laughs> and she was wondering uh, why that is the case and why they're there and why they can't wear shorts etc so I think we might even do a little survey um, of our own to know with the camogie players themselves whether the score should be gone or not I know what the answer is going to be before I even yeah. send out a survey or ask for it but it's certainly food for thought for another uh, day's episode but also a lot of food for thought and we've now covered this with the last 
number of weeks and it actually seems to be getting worse. worse. Mm-hmm. Um, where we have... Now, thank God it's not Camogie we have to say this, mm-hmm. but, I mean, there are several games over last weekend where we've had cases in Kerry with an under-17 football game being abandoned. We have in Wexford where a junior A football final was abandoned and in Mayo we had another game that was abandoned as well over last weekend because of physical abuse towards referees in two instances and there was a row where mentors was going at one another Mm. in another instance at underage games I mean is it ever going to stop at this stage? I mean, I know we're harping on about it mm-hmm. week in, week out, but seriously, somebody has to grab the bull by the horns and say enough is enough and start to do something about it because if not, we're going to be here every week yeah. until Christmas giving out about some sort of an incident again that's after happening with a referee at a Gaelic Games match. And you know what? Like... <sighs> I'm actually kind of getting bored of it now at this stage. I feel like it's something that we're constantly talking about it. And I know bored is not the right way to approach it, but when you're when it's been constantly brought up and there's nothing being done about it, that's where it gets boring. And to me, I really do feel like the more it's highlighted, the worse it's getting. Yeah. And I think that's a big, big thing as well. Like I just I feel like nobody's learning and I and I'm gonna go back to it again what I keep on saying that the you know the, the punishment for it is not harsh enough and people are just getting away with it. And until somebody is made an example of and they're told that this is not the way you can do it and this is we do not condone this. And I think I'm gonna go back to it as well the person themselves has to be held financially financially um, viable for it because other than that like I think imposing a ban of whatever was it 96 weeks or 48 weeks absolute to me nonsense that's the biggest load of BS I've ever come across in my whole life what are they going to learn nothing who's like are they going to go to a match in two weeks time 98% of the time yes they are because who's actually going to man it yeah. absolutely nobody if like are you telling me like if I wanted to go down to a match in uh, in Tullerone for example and people in Tullerone know that I have a ban on me and Matty Butler is stopping me at the gate. Do you think for a second Matty Butler is going to actually stop me at the gate? Of course he's not. She's going to say, go in there, just keep her head down. It's it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. First of all, we don't have enough people to man these suspensions. We do have we do have the capability though of financially actually finding somebody if they are going to act like this. We're going to keep going around in circles. We said this 12 months ago and I think we, I think I did say on it 12 months ago, 12 months ago, I guarantee you we'll be talking about this in 12 months time and look here we are 12 months time still talking about it four episodes go talking about it still talking about it now nothing has been done I said it a couple of weeks ago the GA need to pull their finger out and actually do something to me they're just keeping the head well and truly buried under the sand they are not doing anything not just GA all the all sports all sports codes in general somebody needs to actually do something this has gone beyond a joke people have been physically hurt people have been in hospital people have had to get stitches the guards have getting involved you wouldn't see it on John Street on a Saturday night the carry on of what's going on and it's an absolute disgrace in my opinion yeah, and I'm true. sick to the teeth of it yeah. at this stage and I mean before it was only one instance mm-hmm. maybe at a weekend or whatever yeah. but I mean when you have three and four instances going ahead every uh, last weekend in particular it's becoming a norm the, and this is only what's been highlighted mm-hmm. like who knows that there's other counties around the place yeah. that's having the same issue and it's not being highlighted no. there as well but it's becoming a norm it's becoming yeah. a trend now at but this that, stage but that's the problem stop it. becoming a norm is is an issue because if this is what we're going to have to put up with week 
in, week out, we're going to have no games because mm. the referees and the match officials are going to say, well, enough is enough and we're not going to have any games because we won't have referees. But I think they need to do that, Martin. And I know Ross Common did it and they did it for a week. And OK, you know, that was great. It was a good start. But I think... I think all referees should now just pull out and say, sorry, we are not doing any more matches for the end of the year. You can abandon all the county semi-finals, finals, quarterfinals, whatever the case may be, until something is actually done, until we're actually going to be protected, until the body that we're actually refereeing for, the association that we're refereeing for, actually does something to protect us. Because at the end of the day, nobody's doing anything for them. If it was me, I wouldn't referee again and I would be... I know people will give out going, oh, should there be no matches? There be no this, there be no that. I do not care. People's welfare is more important than a 60-minute game of hurling where hurling, camogie, football, whatever the case may be, where they're going to get abused. And if I was the referees, I'd be pulling an all-out stop to the whole thing. Yep. Couldn't agree more on you. Mm. And I think what's amusing and it's not amusing is the fact that we have people giving out yards for years about the thuggery in soccer. Yeah. But it's entered into GAA with abundance at this stage. Mm. Like the fact that Gardy would have to be called to a match and this isn't the first time because there was a case in Waterford two years ago as well where a man now has an assault conviction because he walked across at an under 14 camogie match and assaulted someone. But like it's it's gone ridiculous and mm. you can see it at matches and you go to matches as much yeah. as I do. And yeah. it seems to be the same people and nobody is prepared to take them on. But yeah. clubs are going to have to start taking responsibility for who they put on the line with these youngsters. Yeah, But it's like, not just people on the line, it's spectators no, as well. No, but you have, it's spectators yeah. as well, but you have mentors that are hotheads on mm. the line as well. They're the club's responsibility yeah. and it's they should pick them. But it's mm. just gone past a joke now. We're talking about this more than 12 months. Yeah. But we've talked about it incessantly for the past month. Yeah. And to hear then that somebody got a month's suspension for assaulting someone. Yeah. Sure, I mean, you might as well take him out and take him to the pub and buy him around a drink mm-hmm. and say, thanks very much, but keep your head down. Yeah, but that's all it is. Like, I just don't think, I don't think anybody's taking it serious. And like, what do we need to have happen? Someone actually be killed? For somebody to actually take Jesus this serious, for heaven forbid, you know, like and that you, won't you happen, don't want yeah. that to happen. But hold on a second now, and I, it, like, I'm not being, you know, you can call me dramatic. No, if no, you no, want. But you, no, but, but you're we dead have right. had, we've we've seen videos and seen the photos yeah. of a referee being absolutely knocked out cold. Mm-hmm. How do we know that there hasn't been any? you know, damage done down the line there. Like we've seen another, re- we've seen a mentor actually had to go to hospital and get stitches after a brawl that took place in a match last weekend in Wexford. Like this has gone beyond a joke. It really is like, you know, next thing we're going to be gone down, what is it, Green Street of the football hooligans running down with bricks and machetes and all this. Is this what we're going to be actually indulged to next? Is this what we're going to have to and witness to next? And people are going to say that we're exaggerating, but mm. we're not. And bear in mind as well that a lot of the referee abuse seems to be going on at juvenile matches. Yeah, that's like the worrying thing about it. What example is this shown mm. to our vulnerable juveniles as yeah. they're but it's not, it's not shown an example. No, it's not. And we do, and we'll go back to we'll go back to the episode that happened only a couple of weeks ago in Kilkenny where we had um we had a referee, Kira was refereeing a match yeah. against yeah. whatever clubs, we won't say the clubs. No, no, we won't. And she was abused from the men on the line yeah. and therefore then started being abused by the players on the field. Because they thought it was okay because yeah. their managers like, were monkey mentors see, was doing monkey do yeah. Like I just think it's an absolute joke. And to be honest with you, I don't like I don't know what the end result in that 
that but I do hope the county board actually stepped in there and actually said something to him because if if you're not going to say something to the people that are doing these things they're never going to learn and some people actually think they're above the law and some people think they're better than everybody else and all these governing bodies that they can actually do what they want they've got this air of arrogance about them that they can do whatever it is they want say whatever it is they want and they will get away with it because they have previously got away with it in the past but at the end of the day they're the ones that are dragging the whole thing down they are not somebody that I in my opinion would want to be associated with at all I would rather take 10 steps away from them and if it means taking if it means having to step away from this game that I love because I don't want to be associated with that kind of a thing then so be it I'll have to do it but at the end of the day I just think it's a joke we're going to go round and round it actually it, it kind of it kind of riles me up a bit because at the end of the day the people that are suffering are the people that actually genuinely want to go to these games to support the teams or whatever the case may be but I, I think there's it's, just it's a line It's sucking all the fun out of it Yeah there's a line that's Absolutely. been crossed way too many times and I don't think we, we're still talking about it nothing is being done about it nobody has taken their finger out of their backside and actually done anything about it it's just it's an absolute disgrace it's going to continue I can guarantee you in 12 months time we will still be oh, here we'll still again be It'll ha- it will have but got worse the, as we said before personal responsibility needs to come into it mm. as well and if you see something going on at a match that you're not happy about well bring it to somebody's attention uh, yeah but that's uh, but I, what I, happens I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, but what happens I mean you're, like, you're, I'm not going you're to not going to do it are you I mean, no. you're going to be at a sideline and you're yeah. going to see something and you're going to go up to a fella. Now, I know you have the neck and you wouldn't. You would, you'd tell him off quicker. But I mean, if somebody else went to him, I mean, you're going to be told to F off fairly politely and get going. I mean, I'll give you an instance, right? I mean, th- this is coming from a parent, right? There was a game that we were at a couple of weeks ago and it was an adult driving a car and we were stewarding the game and we asked this particular adult to go a certain way to avoid traffic in our village because it was chocker block and she politely told us that we weren't the effing guards to get out of her effing way and she tried to run us over. Now, I mean, if that's the mentality of some mm. of the parents that's going to these games, and this was an adult game, by the way, it wasn't a, a juvenile game. So if that's the mentality that's there when someone is asking you to do a simple little thing and they're behind a car, imagine what someone can do if you were to go up to them and say, look, cut it out and leave the referee alone. I'd hate to see and think what would happen to somebody. Oh, I know, Martin, but I'm just saying bring it to somebody's attention who can do something, but don't go with that, that, media yeah. who, who, information. Who would you bring it to? Well, I, got a, I had a phone call not so long ago about a match that I was at a good while back and basically was... You know, we were just we were talking about we were talking about the game that had gone ahead and just, you know, talk about everything, you know, that had gone wrong in it or what had been right in it and blah 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 and all this. And next thing the topic turned on to it kind of went in a sad way, it went away from the game and the topic was Did you see the carry on on the sideline and in the stands between X, Y and Z? And it was kind of like, yeah, I did. And you know what? It took away from the game Mm. in all its glory what the game was, you know, a couple of months back. It took away from that game because the focus was now more or less on you know the thuggery the personalities yeah the the personalities on the sideline and in the sand. And to me, like, you know, I was having this conversation with this person and I was kind of like, do you know what? 
you know, it just showed that it it just they let themselves down. They really did. And, you know, if that's it, it's it was crazy. Like, you know, the, the comments that were being thrown left, right and centre, they just looked a bit like they were a bit kind of nuts. They were gone a bit mental altogether. I'm trying to push it in a nice way, to be honest with you. Yeah. It just wasn't right. It was a bit, it was a bit kind of, it was a bit ignorant and it was a bit disgusting. Like, you know, I'm actually it, going, wasn't, we, it wasn't very nice. It wasn't very ladylike or it wasn't very, it was it like a gentleman-like. Yeah. Well, actually, we're heading to a, a referee's, uh, I, I call it a, a seminar for inverted quotes uh, later on over in UPMC in Orland Park. And we have uh, an inter-county referee, Kamogi, coming down to do the uh, the course with the lads. And I'm actually going to see if he would actually come and do an interview to get his thoughts on mm. it because he is from one of the counties that has had issues recently. Um, so it would be great to get his take on it and to see what the story is with other counties around yeah. and referees and what they are thinking of whether, you know, it's time that everybody just downs the whistle and unless a, mm. an all-out strike does something about this or as you say we're going to be going around in circles and around yeah. and roundabouts the whole time with it and it's terrible to say that this is probably putting more time in on even podcasts like ours and everywhere else around the county than it actually is talking about the sport that we should be talking yeah. about and that's a sad affair and that's well, when the fact that we're talking like we had three incidents this weekend mm. probably four because there was one in the middle of the week and the fact that it seems to be escalating yeah. instead of you think sometimes is, the more you talk about it the more people would yeah. kind of have a little button flick in their heads when they start on the line but No and the, and that's this is the worrying thing like you know we said a couple of weeks ago it was, it was after happening again and you're kind of hoping like okay maybe it's just an isolated an isolated incident but now it's become more frequent and that's what's really worrying about it. Like, you know, if I'm a referee and I'm going out to a match, like not only do I have to deal with, OK, listen, let's be fair. We've said it before. You're always going to get the ah, ref, ah, for feck's sake or this, that and the other. But then to have to have the worry on your shoulders to deal with potentially someone coming around at you, hitting your box and knocking you out. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have to do Or a gang of them waiting in the car park. Yeah, like I just... I just said, because the message came in on the referee's WhatsApp, I thought actually the result of the under-12 game was coming in, that we could end it on a nice high <laughs> level no. with a nice victory for somebody. But it wasn't no. uh, the result of the but match, listen, unfortunately. But listen, we have to just go with it and this weekend's games, yeah. hopefully. Like, to be fair, like in Kilkenny, we've never had any we've massive... We haven't had too much yeah, trouble. No, no, we haven't. And I really do feel that, you know, I really do feel that people, especially in Kilkenny, I really respect... I think, I think it comes a lot across from the girls that are on the field because they are very respectful towards the referees majority mm. are very respectful towards the referees and I think that and look you can have the odds yeah, expletive listen, can, and the whole lot and it comes course. in the heat like of battle everyone has a rush of blood to the head yeah, every now they and they do again. absolutely but I do think it is very important and I think listen the most important thing is that we've got games on this weekend we're looking forward to them we've got a minimum of nine games left in the championship at adult level this year and I think that's you know that's the focus on going forward from there we certainly are. Now, it's time for me to push a few buttons here because, unfortunately, that is it and that is where time has run out on us. We're looking forward to the games. We are going to be back again, of course, next week, giving you all the details of what has happened over this weekend coming. And don't forget, wherever you normally get your podcast to get it, they are free and they will be available, of course, on the scoreline.ie Facebook page and through all of the KCLR channels you'll Find us on the new KCLR app as well. So give it a like, give it a click, see what you think and listen in to us every week while 
the championship is still going don't forget come on kind team of the year is going to be coming up shortly as well we can uh, announce fully that we have three sponsors again this year and they are of course David Roach with the Roach Sports Clendry Clinic we have Killery Lighting Services again and we have a new sponsor on board this year for the junior with Michael Saunders electrical contracting there all the way from Wine Gap so it's great to be able to be associated with all of those sponsors again and we're going to have fun trying to put everything together but that's to be pushed out for mm-hmm. a couple of weeks we'll get through the rest of the games first hopefully we'll get through all this weekend's games and Anya best of luck for the weekend hopefully you won't get too many heckles and you'll be back in oh, with I us I know all the best hiding places in Tullerone <laughs> if people come at me so it's okay thanks Lil well we will certainly be back next week with all that had happened over the weekend but don't forget get out support your team get to see a game because they're brilliant and that's what we're going to end our note on enjoy Camogie from myself and Anya here in the KCLR studios until next week it's goodbye from the two of us goodbye goodbye this is come on kind with Martin Quilty and Onya family. Yeah!